1: mpb think radio this is southern remedies relatively speaking the show all about you and your family i'm dr susan buttress chief of development and behavioral pediatrics at the university of mississippi medical center do you have someone close to you who is quirky that person who's just a little bit different socially maybe your son a co-worker a friend or is it you that may be a sign of creativity or even intelligence, or it may be a sign of something else. Dr. Dustin Sarver, child psychologist at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, is back here with me today to discuss the range of normal behavior and when it's not. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio.
2: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. Republicans on the House Select Committee on Benghazi are out with a final report from the committee's investigation into the terror attack that killed four Americans in 2012. As NPR's Tamara Keith reports, the report alleges high-level failures. The committee's chairman, Trey Gowdy, is defending the lengthy investigation, saying new information has come to light as a result of dozens of interviews and new documents discovered. Gowdy says readers of the report will see a disconnect between the urgency in Libya and the response from Washington.
3: The image on the one hand of what was happening in Benghazi, during the relevant time period, and the image, on the other hand, of the decisions made and not made um, in Washington during that same time period.
2: The report doesn't specifically blame Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, though two Republican members of the committee put out their own report that is significantly more critical of her role. Tamara Keith, NPR News, Washington. British Prime Minister David Cameron says he's seeking constructive talks on the United Kingdom's exit from the EU this week. He's attending an EU summit at which Cameron will formally announce that Britain is leaving the bloc. Cameron, who had spearheaded the campaign for the UK to remain in the European Union, announces resignation following the result of the Brexit vote last week. President Obama says the anti-immigrant sentiment that helped motivate Britain's vote to leave the EU has parallels here in the United States, but NPR Scott Horsley reports expects those sentiments to fade over time.
4: In an interview with NPR, Steve Insky, President Obama says despite its history as a nation of immigrants, the U.S. has often experienced waves of nativist emotion. He says the rhetoric Donald Trump uses in talking about immigrants from Mexico or the Middle East is eerily similar to what was said in the past about newcomers from Ireland or Southern Europe.
3: This kind of... Uh... Uh, xenophobia is part of the American tradition, and the good news is is that, uh, you know, after these spasms of it, uh, it typically fades away. Obama
4: says America's ability to assimilate immigrants is one of its core strengths. Scott Horsley, NPR News, Washington.
2: Volkswagen has agreed to pay up to $14.7 billion to settle major legal claims against it in the United States over its diesel emissions cheating scheme. About $10 billion of the payout would cover driver's claims. Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates says the settlement is a significant step. We
0: can't undo the damage that Volkswagen caused to our air quality. You can't suck the knocks out of the air. But what we can do is offset that damage by reducing pollution from future sources.
2: A district court judge in San Francisco still has to approve the settlement between VW and dozens of states and regulators. The Dow is up 154. This is NPR News. President Obama is adding his voice to a chorus of tributes today for Pat Summit, the famed University of Tennessee women's basketball coach, who died this morning at the age of 64. In a White House statement, Obama says, quote, nobody walked off a college basketball court victorious more times than Tennessee's Pat Summit. Obama goes on to say that for four decades, Summit outworked her rivals, loved her players like family, and became a role model to millions of Americans. Summit passed away a few years after she announced she had early onset of Alzheimer's disease. The South African Treasury is now ordering President Jacob Zuma to pay back about half a million dollars he spent for upgrades to his personal estate. Peter Granitz reports from Pretoria that Zuma had said that he'd hired people to make security upgrades. In March, South Africa's highest court ruled that Zuma failed to uphold, protect and defend the Constitution when he ignored a watchdog's report that ordered him to pay the country back for the upgrades to his home. The court directed the Treasury to determine how much of the costs were not related to security, like a pool, visitor center, and amphitheater. Zuma must now pay about $510,000 for the work. Zuma has not commented on the bill, but his office released a terse statement saying the president is studying the report. He also faces separate legal issues. A different court ruled last week 783 corruption charges against the president can be reinstated. For NPR News, I'm Peter Granitz in Pretoria. U.S. stocks trading higher. The Dow is up 149 points at 17,289. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors
0: include Visiting Angels, professional caregivers assisting adults in bathing, dressing, meals, and lighthouse work nationwide. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Office locations are at visitingangels.com.
5: Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air
1: weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio.
5: You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
1: Good morning, this is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I'm Chief of Development and Behavioral Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, I have Dr. Dustin Server, child psychologist, with me again, and we're going to discuss the the range of normal behavior and when maybe someone gets a little outside that range and um so when it's not normal so questions I want you to think about today are: do you have someone close to you who's quirky, so that person who maybe is just a little bit different socially? Could be your child, could be a coworker or a friend, could be a relative, or it could be you. Um, maybe you just don't feel like you fit into that mainstream of what other people expect you to be. Maybe socially you have a little bit of difficulty getting the flow of converse- conversation that others are in. Or maybe you think it's silly conversation. So something we want to talk about today is uh, that could be a sign of a highly creative person, or it could be a sign of a very intelligent person, and perhaps it may be difficult to get down on the average person's level. Um, so I wanna hear what you think. We want you to share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. So um something else. Is it just that you don't like people? Is it that you have some kind of personality disorder? Or is it truly okay uh, just to be that person who sometimes doesn't think the way other people do? Um, the other thing that we'll talk about today is some very interesting research that's going on at uh, UMMC, and uh, Dr. Sarver is going to tell us about that. It's research in the area of autism. Now, this show is not just about autism, but certainly if you have a question about that, we are happy to answer any question that you have. This is more about that just socially different person. So good morning, Dr. Sarver.
6: Good morning. Glad to be back.
1: Yeah. Thanks for coming again. So why don't, before we get started on the quirky personality, let's uh, hear a little bit about the Spark study, right?
6: Sure. Yeah. I'd be glad to talk about that so uh u m c is uh having a chance to really change the game in in autism. We are uh, just got a study that is a genetic study of autism called the spark study and u m m c is one of twenty one sites nationally where we are. Uh, yeah, it's it's a major accomplishment where we are attempting to recruit fifty thousand individuals—children, uh, adolescents, and adults with autism—and their um, biological um, parents. Wow. Uh, yeah, we really want to try. That's a big number. That's big.
1: But knowing that around what one in somewhere between sixty-eight and and ninety mm-hmm. individuals have autism spectrum disorder. We should be able to do that.
6: Oh, absolutely. So right. UMC is really trying to recruit 1,500 pe- uh, people over the next three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're well on our way to getting there. Um, and so for the, the SPARC study, it's really a chance for uh, Mississippi to put itself on the map nationally um, to uh, help contribute to understanding and powering knowledge forward with um, the understanding of the biological and genetic basis of autism.
1: Right. So tell us about um, who can um, enter the study if there's a listener out there who says, hey, I have a child or I myself have autism spectrum and would be interested in participating. What do you do?
6: Sure. First thing I would say is uh, go to our website where you could register and also look at information to make sure that it's something you would want to be a part of. Uh, That website is www.sparkforautism.org. Forward slash UMMC, so two Ms there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I would go first. But mm-hmm. in general, anybody who has ever had a professional diagnosis of autism or an autism spectrum disorder is uh, qualified to be a part of this. Children, adults, doesn't matter the age.
1: Great. Wonderful. We will have this posted, right, on our yeah. Facebook page um, mm-hmm. for our MPB, uh, relatively speaking, uh, Facebook page and so if you are interested please um, check that out if you don't if you don't have internet connection what can you do uh,
6: if you have an email connection I think that most people at least have an email, email. connection mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, you could email our um, coordinators um, Sabrina and Kristen at spark. Dot, or spark at umc.edu so spark at UMC.edu would be the first step.
1: Okay. Well, we will make sure we have that information posted for you, and we hope that many of our listeners out there will consider participating in this. And if you have any questions, our um, grant uh, ladies that he mentioned, Sabrina and Kristen. Kristen, can certainly answer those questions. Absolutely. So, or you can call in today and ask Doctor Starver because he's sitting right here, <laughs> um, and you can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So the the way this sort of topic came about is um, there have been numerous articles and we've talked about this in the past is does everybody in america have some kind of diagnosis it seems like sometimes everybody could be put on that autism spectrum if if you just can be a little bit socially quirky and, and um, buy, buy a position there, uh, just because you have a little boy who's interested a lot in dinosaurs and knows all about that, does that qualify? Or just because you have someone who is obsessed about knowing statistics, does that mean that uh, they have autism spectrum? Or if you have an individual who really has difficulty socially entering a room, looking at people in the eye, does that mean that they have ASD? Well, our point today is no, it does not. Um, it may be the sign of other things, or it may uh, that are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be certainly many individuals with autism spectrum have, incredible skills so i don't want to imply that that diagnosis is a bad thing not necessarily though it can make life a bit difficult but um what we want to talk about is um what we keep seeing in the literature um remember when um mitt Romney uh was accused of perhaps having autism spectrum disorder um because of the way he sometimes described things uh, with his his speech um, perhaps uh socially he seemed a little awkward at times or um what about uh, Mark zuckerberg that has been noticed the the facebook's um, um Former head of engineering stated that Mark Zuckerberg um, might have a touch of Asperger's. And, of course, Bill Gates has been um, accused of having autism spectrum disorder. So uh, we could go on and on. Jim Carrey, Adolf Hitler, uh, Daryl Hannah, Billy Joel, and then you mentioned, Dustin. um,
6: A guy who's very quirky in my mind is Johnny Depp. Right. Um, first person that comes to mind if we're talking about quirky behaviors or quirky individuals and per- personalities, uh, you know, he's a guy who really has uh, a lot of different um, quirks visually in the way he expresses himself uh, facially and uh, in the way he – his mannerisms. His mannerisms. Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes the posturing is a bit odd mm-hmm. and repetitive sometimes, yeah, right?
6: It is. But, you know, for him, that has worked out wonderfully as a yeah. wonderful career as an excellent actor.
1: Absolutely. So um, let's talk uh, before our first break just a little bit about how sometimes people who Who are those individuals who are a little bit quirky and perhaps go way into a topic? How that might be a sign of creativity or it might be a sign of intelligence. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that.
6: Yeah, certainly. You know, kids who are really intelligent, uh, by definition, know a lot about different things. And sometimes we all have our curiosities or interests, and we sometimes want to focus in specifically on that. And, uh, you know, that might come across as aloofness, but it also can be an indication that kids um, or adults are really um, are have expertise in an area rather than being something such as a deficit
1: right so something that I see often is if you have someone who is very bright and knows a lot about a topic mm-hmm. and then they enter a social situation where perhaps they're a little bit uncomfortable and maybe are not sure how to initiate a conversation, what does one do? Typically they go to a topic area that they know they can talk about. So it's very comfortable. So it's very comfortable. So it alleviates some of that discomfort that that you might have. And so it's easier to move into a topic like that. When in reality – to some people, it may be off-putting. Oh, gosh, here he goes again talking about that thing about, oh, uh, gosh. It could be anything from art to mathematics to traveling, mm-hmm. um, you know, geography or or the coin collection that they have. And I could keep going on, but you've been there. I know, listeners, you've heard people who do that. And I bet you think, ah, this boorish person, um, don't they know how to act socially when in reality it may have something to do with being a little bit uncomfortable and not knowing how to move through
6: conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yeah. And I know, um, there's some kids also who are so, or even adults who are so interested, um, in wanting to share their experiences that That's what they go to each time. So it may not even be that they're anxious or discomfort. They do genuinely want to socialize or share with with another person. Uh, I'm thinking of kids who tell the same story over and over, Mm -hmm. you know, that they did, you know, that they worked, they went to, you know, this place on a travel vacation or they, you know, got to meet this certain person or they had this experience with a friend. They say it over and over as if it's um, uh, something they really want you to understand about their own experience.
1: Right. So those are examples of how someone might someone's behavior might be misinterpreted as being something that you can diagnose where in reality it's it's just sharing knowing a lot about information perhaps being a little socially uncomfortable Um, Or just your mind is worrying with so much knowledge, you just have to get it out and share it. And you remember all these incredible details, and and so you want it to be there. Mm -hmm. So um, my question to you listeners is, do you have problems with that? Um, Do you need some advice on how to help your significant other or someone you care about learn to deal with this and move forward? Give us a call with your questions or comments at one mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Or you can send us an email to family at org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back.
3: Support for MPB comes from SR1, a nonprofit involved in K-12 through education, providing academic and social skills for college access and success. Details on participation and ways to support at 601-853-9773.
5: Hello, Mississippi. Dr. Rick here to let you know it's time to replace that old car tag and show your support for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. MPB is pleased to announce that you have been approved for your own personalized MPB car tag. This is just another way you can help us continue educating, informing, and entertaining Mississippians. Head on over to mpbonline.org slash car tag to pre-order your MPB tag today. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
1: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here with Dr. Dustin Sarver, a child psychologist. And we are talking about quirky behaviors, and is everything quirky diagnosable? Um, our contention is no, it's not. Perhaps uh, society has tended to narrow the cone of what's normal a little bit too much, and perhaps we're too quick to call disorders. Our thought is we need to be a little more accepting about differences, and we'd like to hear from you about your thoughts and comments about this. Um, one one point we'd like to talk about a little bit now, right now in the next few minutes, is do you know of some habits that either you or a friend has that are a bit quirky um, and perhaps sometimes look a little bit odd, but you uh, You know you do them and you know you're normal Um, or you know that the person that you are watching do these behaviors is, is otherwise very typical. So give us a call if you have some thoughts about that at 1877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, 672 7464 Or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. And if you were listening earlier, we also are happy to answer any questions about the exciting um, autism research that's going on at UMMC uh, called the Sparks Study. So feel free to call in about that, about who can enter, and and how you can get your 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 name in the hat on that one. So let's talk about. You mentioned a little quirky habit that uh, you have, or behavior that you like stepping through now, and I can tell the listening audience. Uh, Dustin does not have a diagnosis. Okay. Um, so you like.
6: Yeah. So, uh, pre- preface that. So, we were talking about quirks and right. that can be socially, but also can be mannerisms or just beha- general behaviors mm-hmm. that you find. Uh, for me, it's a very enjoyable. Um, my quirk that I have, that I, at least that I've noticed, is uh, I have to and I really enjoy finishing a pen. So whenever the ink runs dry out of a pen and I've used it from start to finish, it gives me immense joy. Uh, and it's just a small quirk that, uh, yeah, that some people might find odd, but to yeah. me it gives me a lot of pleasure. Uh, and I know it's something of my personality. But, uh,
1: but it may be, too, that it's just knowing that you did not lose that pen. Mm-hmm. You kept it with you the entire time, and you used it to its fullest extent. It
6: is true. Right. Especially the good pins.
1: Yeah. But you've probably also seen people who do, when they're talking to you, some posturing or some movement that dictates that they've made a good point. Mm -hmm. Or it may be that there's an individual out there who has to have a certain way. I know when I'm – I love to cook. And when I'm in the the kitchen – Uh, One of my quirks is that I really like to have the kitchen counters clean before I can start. I Mm -hmm. get confused. That's my excuse. I like to be able to see clean counters before I get started. And I don't like to have a lot of bits and pieces of things cut up that stay in the way because then they might get mixed up before they're supposed
6: to. Mm -hmm.
1: So a little obsessive, a little quirky, but... um, um it, it serves me well. Absolutely.
6: And, quirks can be purposeful and, right. and quirks can be uh, helpful in some ways. Uh, you know, we all have had roommates at some point, or many of us have had roommates at some point where we can probably... Point out their quirks a lot more than we can point our own. So, right. um, if I could out my old roommate at one point in time from college, uh, you know, his name will not be mentioned, but he certainly <laughs> uh, would smack his cereal. And I've never known anybody who could smack while eating their cereal. You know, maybe mm-hmm. other foods, okay, but he would only do it during cereal. And it was one of those annoying things that it was a quirky behavior for him, but um, not necessarily anything diagnosable. Uh, although I'm sure at the, the time I wish I would have uh, I would have been able to put my finger on it, but.
1: But it's one of those things where he may not even be noting, and it may be that he's trying to get the fullest flavor yeah. from that <laughs> particular cereal. That's probably what it was. You, you never know why people do what they do, mm-hmm. but sometimes, so would it have been appropriate to say to your roommate, Hey, Rumi, what is that about? Why are you smacking just your cereal?
6: I wish you, I would have handled it as delicately as you just mm-hmm suggested yeah. then uh, I think there was more of a, uh, a a brief yell and then he stopped that afterwards yeah. but- <laughs> would you just
1: stop yeah well I think sometimes we um, when when someone has an annoying habit and and that certainly is something that we can talk about too. Is there someone that has an annoying habit that just really grates on your nerves and it's somebody that you love, somebody that you care about, but you just don't know how to handle it because every time they do it, you just, it's like the proverbial uh, fingernails across a chalkboard. Um, So what should you do about it? And how do you help someone with that? Or is it your place, especially if it's an office mate or if it's someone who is a friend, but perhaps not someone you live with? Mm -hmm. But even more so, if you're being irritated by someone that you are living with, it would behoove you to to sit down and talk about that and le- instead of letting it continue to irritate you. Mm. And honestly, the truth is is if you do sometimes that can eat at a relationship, something mm-hmm. very minuscule can eat away at a relationship. It really builds up it?
6: over time. Like, you know, taking a soda bottle and shaking it up at periodically and then mm-hmm. eventually you just want to explode on it. Um, I am thinking that you know, t- bringing up these types of quirks to individuals and talking about it, especially if it is something that grates on you, uh, it, it's it's pretty it's fraught with risk. It, it, it is. It can be um, a little dicey to to bring up. And I think if our listeners have uh, examples of ways that they've handled that um, appropriately or, or that was really helpful for them, I'd love to hear that from them. Um, but I can I just know that it's very it's one of those. Situations where you have to be very delicate at sometimes, or uh, maybe humorous might be a good tactic to to do it because sometimes these quirks are personality traits as well. To put a little humor in it, mm-hmm. right?
1: So. Think about it, listeners. We'd love to have you join in our conversation. We'll talk a little bit more about intelligence and quirkiness or obsessiveness. Um, we want to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. We are talking about Quirky behavior, um, habits that perhaps bother you with your significant other. Um, Maybe how do you deal with that? How do you talk to someone when they have a habit? Um, I have a thought before we go all the way to break. Think about this. Um, A lot of people who never would do this as a young person, as they get older, they chew with their mouth open. They develop... Not so good table manners. Um, why do you think they do that? Why do we do that? Um, I'm an older person. Why do you think people morph into habits like that? Uh, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. This is relatively speaking, and we'll be right back.
2: This election year has been unpredictable, and November is still months away. But you don't have to keep up with every twist and turn. You just have to keep up with us. Listen every day. Daily at 4 on MPB Think Radio.
5: Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app, available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
0: Hi, I'm Ashley Jeffcoat. Every Wednesday morning at 10, the calls roll in. Going first to Joe in Oxford. Larry is on 555. Bob is in Columbus. No matter where you are in the world, this is the place for you to get informed and excited about the everyday technologies in your life. Listen to us. Email us. Call us. Wednesday mornings at 10 on MPB Think Radio.
2: I will do
3: that. Thank you so much. And back to the show.
2: This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
5: You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB, Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
1: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here with Dr. Dustin Sarver, child psychologist. And we're talking about quirky behavior, and do you really have to give every quirkiness a diagnosis? Um, and what do you do when people have annoying or quirky habits that are grating on you and but you care about them and you want to be able to stay around them? So we want to talk a little bit about that. We want to hear from you. Give us a call at one mpb ring That's one 672 We're going to go to our caller in Jackson, Hank. Good morning. Thanks for calling.
4: Yes, good morning, and thanks for having me, and I uh, appreciate uh, your accepting my call. Sure. Well, I've been sitting here uh, riding around Jackson, and looking for some phone things to take care of my telephone, and I'm sitting here, and you guys have been discussing for, for the last 10 minutes the story of my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, how did they get this information on me?
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> tell us about it.
4: Yeah, well, what it is, of course, I'm retired now in my late 60s, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of looking back in retrospect at things I've gone through and maybe why. But let me just kind of tell you a little bit about me as a kid. Uh, from from a family of 10 siblings, I'm about the in the, in the middle range there somewhere. But initially, uh, growing up, I had a condition known as it wasn't stuttering, but it was a cousin to stuttering called cluttering. Uh-huh. You're trying to get a uh, hundred miles an hour sentence out of a ten mile an hour mouth, and it's not going to work that way. So, <laughs> so I had a lot of that, and because of that, I kind of went, you know I kind of went introverted and things like that. So, uh, girlfriends were out and, and friends were out. So I went into, into this self, this self creative mode, and so mm-hmm. the things that you've been saying, I can you know I just self identify. Uh, uh, what I but, but over the years I've been in the military, uh, Vietnam, Korea, Germany, and I found myself uh, trying to achieve and finding out that I could achieve a lot of things. But what I had difficulty doing was fitting in what I call the you know the the small talk, and I call them now sur- surface dwellers. They dwell on the surface. You know, uh, I thought was surface dwellers.
1: That's a good. Mm. That's a good term. I, I like that. that. Too. And some people are very adept at having that surface social conversation, and some people mm-hmm. just have difficulty with us because it seems too shallow, right? Yes
4: and and that was me but as I look back at it now it really wasn't them but it just I think I couldn't find the small stuff to fit in now I can talk about space I can you know I've overhauled engines transmissions and things like that I've uh, I've got a, a BS in psychology masters in counseling doctoral in theology I've written a book I'm writing three more books right now and I can do pretty much whatever I set my mind to do but when it comes to just sitting around and, you know, for example, working with the mental health department and things like that, and they're talking about, you know, my dog is spot, he is yellow. He, I'm thinking, what are they talking about?
6: <laughs> <laughs> what are they
4: talking about, man? And so it, it, but as I look back on it now, I just didn't seem to fit into the small stuff. I'm always wanting to get into the deeper conversations, and nobody want to go there with me. And I felt kind of left out because of that. But now hearing you guys talk, that was a reason. Uh, I just couldn't get into the small talk stuff. I was too, I guess, whatever it was, if I can call it now. But it just couldn't. I just didn't seem to get to that level of, of, of uh, small yeah. talk
1: stuff. Yeah, Hank. It sounds. One, um, congratulations on conquering your your speech issue, the cluttering. You know, I see in young children sometimes that kind of cluttering mm-hmm. of speech or even stuttering in children who are really bright and really thinking fast and have difficulty slowing down their thoughts so that their words can come out in a, a more flowing way. So, Hank, um, I think, and I know, Dustin, I can see you Absolutely. nodding. You mm-hmm. You want to comment on this. Um, it sounds like you're a highly creative person, that kind of person who may seem a little quirky when they're young because you're creative and you're thinking a lot, right?
6: Yeah. I think you definitely have, um, uh, accomplished a lot in your life, um, with, uh, all the degrees and books. And, but the way you describe it is a lot like a lot of, uh, kids out there who kind of go through periods where, um, you know, their quirkiness or their, in your case, um, Having difficulty to maintain those small talk, um, is hard at one point. But then, you know, maybe later on in your life, you either figure it out or you um, find surround yourself with people who don't do the same thing. And we're and they, who are like-minded, like-minded, yeah. uh, and which I can imagine with you uh, with the theology background, that you probably connected very well to people who were um, uh, in that uh, arena. So you could go right into those uh, deeper conversations.
1: Right, so I think listeners this is a a really good point. There are people out there sometimes who who are like you, and mm-hmm. so if you find that um that as a young person, there was difficulty, or if the if you have a child in your home who who you know socially is having difficulty but can um that has a lot of creativity and intelligence in them. Do what you can do to support them and help them find someone that they can have commonness with. Hank, congratulations on all your success and and thanks for calling in. We appreciate your story.
4: Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate
1: it. Thank you. Um Let's go next to Mike and Magnolia. Mike, you have some, or you know someone who has some quirkiness about counting?
3: That's me. I feel (laughs) compelled to count things all the time. I count ceiling tiles. I count floor tiles. I count wall tiles. I count balusters in a stair railing. I count steps. (laughs) It's like I count, count, count. And another thing that, Plays into it is a word game I play with myself about words, and the number of letters in it needs to be divisible by three. And I have a wild card, which is the W, and I can use it as a one count or W, or a two count, W, or a three count, W. I got it. <laughs> wow. To satisfy my series of numbers. But what concerns me is there are times I feel such huge disappointment when it doesn't work out. It's like a 13, I end up with 13 letters. It's like, oh, that's not fair. (laughs) <laughs> wow!
6: So you, I, this um, is a this is a great um, illustration that sometimes quirks can be uh, internally generated amusement. Uh, you sound like you get right. some, a lot of fun um, out of this game that you've invented, which is um, takes a, also a, a lot of mental ability to be able to do that. I know I would have a hard time uh, myself trying to you know do that game on my own. So it definitely signals that you have a, a good brain.
1: So, Mike, I have a question. I have
6: an eight track brain because I can count while I'm doing other things. Ah, Mm -hmm. that was my
1: question. Does it
2: interfere?
1: Yeah.
3: It doesn't interfere, it just complicates things sometimes. (laughs) It's like I've I've counted something, I go, I I didn't even plan on counting that, but it's good to know that's how many there are.
1: (laughs) Jay, Jay White, our producer, just told me that you need to be a drummer. Um, oh. <laughs> being <laughs> able to do the counts and do other things at the same time is is one, one of those qualities that a lot of mu- musicians have um, to because it's so wow. important. To that be gives able me to,
3: license to get on other people's nerves too.
1: There you go.
3: <laughs>
1: so um, Mike, you're. Well,
3: I'm just concerned. Is there is there a counter's anonymous? I'd like to stop this. <laughs>
1: Do you feel like it's really um, irritating you, even that you can't stop yourself? Um,
3: not, not really irritating it. I just question: Do I have too much time on my hands? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, um, you know there is actually therapy for uh-huh. people who have obsessive compulsive behaviors or mm-hmm. obsessive habits. Um, that's called habit reversal. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Another one, I wonder, um, Dustin, you may have some comments on, on this, too. Um, we've talked about mindfulness training, too, to get yourself back into the moment instead of out there counting. So those are two therapies that may be helpful if you feel like you're spending too much time counting and you need to do other things. Yeah.
3: There's well, that- here's the thing. When I try to meditate and do my deep breathing, yeah. I'm counting. I'm counting the breath. <laughs> I'm counting the longevity of holding the breath. Uh, good so, point. I know, maybe I should take that as my personal mantra and just go ahead and count. Yeah.
6: yeah. Well, there's certainly um, you know people, a lot of people like yourself who who do count and ought to have that kind of like an automatic counter for things. And uh, there's... Definitely, things that we can that people can do in therapies that can, if it becomes distressing, stop. And there's uh, different things like thought uh, stopping activities or, or exercises that they can do to kind of break that or give you the way to um, kind of uh, go, bring yourself back in, away from counting and kind of more into that external experience that uh, that you're um, that you're wanting. So you're not having to automatically count everything when you go into your room and um, uh, there are definitely right. things to work on if, if that's of, if that's of interest to you.
1: Right. So there's certainly therapists out there, and um, if you want to send an email um, to to me at family at mpbonline dot org. Um, uh, I'm happy to um, to answer you with some therapists who are out there. If it's really bothering you, you're right. If you use counting uh, your breaths as a calming mechanism, that's not going to work for you. So you have to have another way to divert your mind into the moment um, and participate in what's going on in front of you rather than counting the ceiling tiles. So mm-hmm. it, can, it really can be interfering. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it can morph into something called obsessive-compulsive disorder if you can't stop yourself and it's in, in interfering with day-to-day function. So it sounds like you're a happy person, though, Mike, and um, good luck in your quest to stop counting. Um, we appreciate your call. Um, we'd love to hear from more of you about any issues or questions or concerns that you have about quirky behavior. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. Um, we have uh, a message from Adam um, in Corinth, um, and he wants to know this. How do you tell or what do you look for in a person as a sign that they may be capable of violence? It seems like all of the mass shootings are carried out by people who are very motivated and certainly capable of carrying out intricate plans. I'm interested in finding out if most or all of these people were considered weird or a little off, and if something could or can be done, what are the signs we need to see in people that you run into or go to school with or work with every day? Um he says, I know that's a lot to chew on and it and it is, and it's something that we've heard a lot of experts question um themselves, what did we miss? What could we have done? You hear it all the time, especially in not just the school shootings, but the work what the work shootings and the other horrible tragedies that mm-hmm. happen, and in reality, there are some signs that are often either ignored or missed. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to talk a little bit about some of them, Dustin? Sure,
6: I, I you know, certainly this is a little off topic from, from quirky behavior, so I do right. want to acknowledge that, right? Um, you know, in terms of violence or potential for violence, it is a tricky one in terms of there's a, only a, a thing, there's not very many good signs we have. I um, certainly, if you've been violent in the past would be a, a, a good higher level um, propensity for acting out again in the future. But you know in a lot of these cases where there's been either terrorist activities or mass shootings, there hasn't been that sign. There's actually been I can think of the, the kids like at Columbine whenever I was growing up and my my age where these individuals were more of your loner and quirky type of kids who didn't quite fit in. Uh, and I think those are that might be something you you would look for um but uh that doesn't mean that everybody who's like that is gonna be potentially violent so I think we um I think you would look for things like are they have they changed their behavior drastically in a in a different way recently have um or have they are they interested in more violent activities or talking about that to you? Um, or you notice it as a parent um, that, that you're in their web searches or in their, their discussions. Those are the things that I would initially go to asking and wanting to follow up about. But
1: Right. Are they posting anything mm-hmm. that's highly negative? Have they emailed um, angry emails about certain people or certain groups? Um have they begun to obsess on um, weaponry or weaponry planning? Those are issues that you want to think about. Mm-hmm. So um, certainly some of those individuals were quirky. Many of them were bullied and ostracized mm-hmm. too. So um, that's something you want to make sure that if there's somebody who is seemingly an outcast, try to pull them in see if you can make uh, develop a relationship mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's go. Um, We have, um, thanks for that call, Adam. That's another whole topic on its own. And so um, we can certainly address that maybe in another show sometimes. Let's go to Olivia and Brandon. Olivia has some comments about counting things. Olivia, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good
0: morning. Hi. um, Yeah, I just thought the last caller, my husband actually does the same thing. He counts things and he has a word game where he alphabetizes words and uh-huh. ties him down the middle and all of this. But he's totally normal. I think it's kind of a coping mechanism sometimes to deal with stress or just some, the way his brain works. But also my son has Asperger's. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was really interested in the information on the study, and I, I like that you're looking at quirky behaviors and kind of normalizing it because I feel like there's so – much out there, like, media-wise, that does make them look so, like, oh, is it, you know, this is dangerous or scary. I mean, or people just think they're weird and don't have a conversation to understand where they're coming from, you know?
3: hmm
0: Right. But oftentimes, they're just so highly intelligent and... Uh, not on the same level you know
6: that that can definitely be the case and if you're talking about uh astronauts and um rocks but someone else is wanting to talk about mickey mouse cartoons is you know that can be on the uh a different um different wavelength conversationally and that can come across as uh quirky or different um you know but in terms of uh uh, the study you would ask about um what question did you have about that
0: i I guess i'm just wondering like you'd that any age group i mean to just Look online probably and find out more information yeah. on how to get involved because you know we are I do like to advocate for him and with him and have him more involved in. You
6: oh, that's know. that's wonderful. That, that thank you, um, thank you for your advocacy um, for your for your kid and for the issue in, uh, of autism in general. Um, the website is sparkforautismorg UMMC. Um, you could also email spark at umc. edu uh, for either one of those methods. And um, again, it's it's a very easy process. It's actually we're, we're basically registering families um, and
1: um, broad age range,
6: broad right? A- any, yeah. age, any, any age, any age, any yeah. age.
1: Yeah. Okay, so um, Olivia. Go ahead and check that out. It it would be wonderful if you get in. And I agree with you. I think the more that we can look into things and the better that we can understand things, the more we'll... Will understand that individuals with autism spectrum disorder often offer a whole lot to us, and especially your son with Asperger's. Clearly, that means higher-functioning autism now is what we would call that, high-functioning right. autism. Um certainly many of those individuals are in the workplace with mm-hmm. us. We have several individuals who um, have that diagnosis or certainly would qualify at, uh, at, at our center who are highly productive and um, wonderful individuals who contribute a lot. So um, I think we need to all keep that in mind. Um, And many times we have individuals, again, this is a genetic study, sort Mm -hmm. of looking at what's in parents and, so, so many times you'll have parents who maybe have a little bit of those behaviors but don't meet the criteria and as Olivia you mentioned your your husband who who's counting things um, many people um and this really does bear out fairly well in if you if you just look in in history many people who are a little bit obsessive or a little bit anxious are very productive individuals and many times can be um, in the, the higher intellectual range or um, at least higher achievers because to be, we've talked about this on this show before, a little bit of anxiety increases your productivity. Mm-hmm. If you don't care, you're not going to work very hard at something, right? Yeah. So...
6: Well, I'd like to just like the second one thing that I think you bring up is that um, individuals with Asperger's, this high functioning autism, you say, uh, or even people who are just we used to think of as just a little weird, a little off, they bring a lot of diversity to our workforce, or to our schools, um, to just the humanity in, in, in general. And we could, we could, stand to learn a lot about ourselves and um, what, you know, good they can bring um, if we just take the time and, and look past some of the things we might find is a different or maybe even look at what is different and find out what is it, why, and how, how is that uh, unique or, or, or very um, positive.
1: Right. Right. Olivia, thank you for your call. And mm-hmm. we'd love to hear from more of you. We're going to take one quick final break. And when we come back, we'll keep talking about quirky behavior. Um, how, how normal is it? And um, when does it fall outside of normality? And then what do you do? Or do you need to do anything Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. election year has been unpredictable and november is still months away but you don't have to keep up with every twist and turn you
2: just have to keep up with us listen every day daily at four on mpb think radio mpb think radio welcomes
3: a brand new sunday lineup The new fan favorite, Backstory with the American History Guys, moves to noon to bring historical perspectives to today's events. At one, Reveal uses investigative journalism to empower the public about tough issues in our society. Then the moth takes over at two and celebrates the art and craft of live storytelling. Catch the new Sunday lineup beginning July 3rd on MPB Think Radio.
2: This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
5: You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB, Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
1: Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Dr. Dustin Sarver, and we are talking about... Quirky behavior. When is it over-the-top quirky? When does it qualify for a diagnosis? And have we narrowed the cone of normal a bit too much? As long as one has quirky habits, but you're still functional in society, it's not interfering with your day-to-day progress. As long as you are able to have relationships and get your work done, then quirky behavior is just quirky behavior. Mm -hmm. You're just a little bit different, right?
6: And different is not bad.
1: Different is not bad. Um, We've talked um, also a little bit about um, autism spectrum disorder and Asperger's and how um, there is quirkiness there and some differences that sometimes can be very productive, which leads me to our next caller. We have Bonnie in Biloxi. Um, Bonnie, you have a child with Asperger's?
0: Yes. He's grown. Yes. Um, yeah. He was diagnosed at 10. And my little story is, um, he, he's high functioning. He has an associate degree he has a job. The first time he ever went to the wedding of a friend, he, you know, was asking me, he, he knows he needs help. So he's asking me and I tell him how, you know, buy the present the wedding, how the registries work and everything. And he, then he calls me and says, can you come help me wrap the present? And I said, well, uh, what is it in a box? No. So I go, I tell him, you know, I'll go over there and I look at it, and he has bought his friends a a two-and-a-half-foot-tall Darth Vader statue. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's a wonderful gift. Wonderful. Yeah, Dustin would love that, actually. probably
0: loved it. It's you know, unconventional but um, that's but delightful as well.
1: I love it. So (laughs) there you go. Who would have thought about that as a gift but your son? I love it, Bonnie. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Enjoy your show. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Bye. Well let's go next. We're going to John and Jackson. John, we just have a minute or so. Tell us about your thoughts. Oh, John? Are you there? uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Start over. I think I pressed the wrong button.
4: (laughs) It was something my mom used to do. And uh, she would would hold a conversation with herself. And all my life, it was kind of embarrassing. But as I grew up, I found myself doing the same thing. Uh It it, it was always in my mind more so than, you know, uh, verbally. Well, she would do, she would do it and I, and I was and I, would, I, I guess <laughs> I always wondered about it and I really wondered about it when I found myself well, I do the same thing and I was I just kind of wondering, is that I
1: Is mean, that is normal that that or not? I, or, it's yeah. a yeah, So John, it's a little quirky, obviously, to be talking out loud to yourself. I wonder, was she scripting what she was doing, talking to herself about what she was doing and what she should do next?
3: Uh, No, it was, it was, I uh, guess.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Just and talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just thinking. Well, you know, um, sometimes people do find that they need to talk out loud to process through. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just some processing issue. C-
6: certainly. You can have some uh, people who just need to talk things out loud to help them plan. It helps um, kind of uh, externalize what's in their mind. So if you have, you know, you only have a little bit of space in your brain, so you get to lighten it up.
1: Yeah. Well, John, another um, example of quirky behavior that is that fits into the normal population, typically developing, as we like to call it. Well, thanks, everybody, for your calls. Thanks, Dr. Sarver. Um, And um, anyone interested, please contact us about the SPARC study. Relatively Speaking is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from our foundation. Today's show is engineered by Jay White, our call screener, Haley Coleman. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking and stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.
2: This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's good to be blue. More at bcbsms.com.
6: The cloud cover is already thickening around Columbus and Starkville and uh, with the dew points in the 70s and so much instability in the atmosphere, I do think we're going to see at least a
5: few.